Hello everyone, welcome to All Things Relationship Podcast, a one-stop solution for all your relationship queries and questions. Here you will find everything from people's stories, experts on panel, and some great knowledge that can help you make love real and perfect. So, let's jump right in. Our today's guest, Jason Cutter, is an expert sales trainer and the author of Selling with Authentic Persuasion book. He is also the host of Authentic Persuasion show and this guy literally swam with the sharks. Yes, quite literally because he is a marine biologist by education and he started his career as one. So. Let's jump right in into his interesting and mind-blowing story. Well, because you are now in a conversation with a persuasion expert. So, let's start. Welcome, Jason, to All Things Relationship Podcast. How are you doing? I'm great, Sean. How are you? Having a lovely evening over here. So, and, and I am having a lovely morning over here. So, <laughs> wow, that's awesome. Yeah, you're in the mountains, right? Yep. So, uh, I live in California and I'm away this week. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's great. It's nice, especially with everything going on. It's nice to, uh, to get away uh, every once in a while. Oh, that's, that's really great. I can so relate. So, uh, Jason, uh, in the All Things Relationship podcast, What's your story around relationships? What was your first encounter with relationships and love? You know, for me, I grew up um, and I identify myself as a awkward, shy, late bloomer. Um, and, uh, you know, for, for me, relationships, especially, you know, being the, the uh, love-related podcast, um, for me, it was definitely much later in life. I, I feel like I was pretty awkward as a kid <clears throat> growing up. My parents were very young parents. I mean, they got married when they were 20 and 18 and had me uh, when they were 21 and 19, like my dad and my mom. Um, wow. And so they were both young. You know, obviously there's no manual for parenting. We were all figuring it out together uh, when I was growing up. Um, you know, I lived in a neighborhood where uh, the people in the neighborhood were nice, but I didn't fit in with them. And in school, I ended up being in the advanced classes. Um, and most everybody from my neighborhood was not in the advanced class. So I was in class with everyone who was bussed in from another area of like basically the rich kids, um, which then I didn't fit in with them because I wasn't rich. And I didn't fit in with my neighborhood kids because I wasn't in their class. And so that made it a little difficult. Um, and just perpetuated that, you know, kind of uh, uh, challenging thing with your relationships and whatnot. And um, yeah, I mean, my first girlfriend didn't happen till I was 16. Uh, you know, obviously, you know, liking people and crushes and things like that. But, uh, you know, first real relationship didn't happen till then. Wow. And you call yourself a late bloomer. You had a girlfriend at 16. Yeah. So for, for me and my main friends, I mean, we were all in the same boat together, you mm -hmm. know, kind of in that late bloomer mode. 
but everyone around us, I mean, you know, was having relationships and having, you know, boyfriends or girlfriends. And, you know, it, it seemed like uh, we were definitely late to that party for sure. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, I think it even extends more than that, because now in, in at least in the in the States, I mean, kids are having sex younger and younger and, you know, getting into relationships and all that stuff. And not just because of the Internet, but I don't think the Internet helps. Um, I think just kids advancing faster and faster, younger and younger in the States. Uh, that's I'm not sure that's a good thing. That's like, uh, no, definitely. Absolutely not. No, I, I think that's, I, I do not think it's a good thing because you don't know what to do. You don't know how to handle things. You haven't had enough life experience. Um, and you know, once you go a certain direction, it's tough to like stop and then, you know, kind of go back from, you know, a path if you will. And, uh, no, I, I, I do not think that's a, that's a positive trait, uh, right now. True that. So Jason, what was your perception of relationships when you were like 14 or 15, seeing your mates getting into a relationship? Um, you know, for me, it seemed good. It's something I wanted, but also not any idea how to make it work. And I had no, you know, as we say in the States, had no game, right? I had no yeah. ability to talk to anybody <laughs> and actually move it forward. Um, I still wonder, I probably don't even now, but, um, <laughs> is, uh, is, is, um, you know, that part was missing. And so it was like something wanted, but then I had friends who were in the same exact boat. And so that pressure wasn't there. That peer pressure wasn't there. I mean, it was something we always did like, you know, Friday night, go to the, the mall or, you know, go to, to, you know, school dance, but you know, it just wasn't, it wasn't a big thing. Um, luckily for me and, you know, the part that I really appreciate is that my parents, um, are still together. They've been married for 46 years now. Um, they're still together. They've, you know, obviously gone through their rough times, like every couple and relationship does, uh, mm -hmm. but they were always together and always, you know, a nice stable home. So I always had that as a um, good example at home, which was helpful. Wow. That's uh, really lovely from uh, all the things I've heard having parents at home is a really great example to set forward because otherwise people are not uh, kids they take their uh, inspiration from their parents and if you do not have both of your parents with you that does impact your relationship in many ways not just one yeah and, and i think what what pretty much always happens from my experience and studying it a lot and just looking at people being in relationships, seeing their dynamic and where they're coming from um, business and, and personal romantic, all of those is that generally what happens is people make a decision internally. It's usually subconscious. It's usually not a conscious decision to either yeah. be exactly like their parents or to be the exact opposite, right? parents are happy in a relationship and they're married. They want to have that. They want to do that. Parents are married, unhappy in a relationship. They see that as a negative thing. They vow to never do that. Right. I never want to do that. I never want to have that experience. Um, you see people all the time, right? I've met them where they grow up in a, in a big household. They have lots of kids to mm -hmm. them. That means happiness, love. That's what they want. And that is their mission to be married, have many kids. Um, 
And then you see that same thing with single parents, right? Somebody who's grown up with single parents uh, in a single parent household and they, you know, are okay with it and they think that's good and they, you know, respect and appreciate what that parent did or they see what was missing and they vow to never do that again. And their goal is to get married and be in a relationship as quickly as possible and never let it go and never divorce because they don't want the opposite. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think it, it just depends on, you know, what that model looks like for you and uh -huh. do you like that model or do you not like that model? Okay. So, so, um, uh, what your environment is, uh, what your environment is, is a big factor, but how you take it is also an important thing. Yeah. I mean, you know, same thing happens with, uh, let's say jobs, business. Um, you know, I had a, a friend who I, I did some business with, you know, mm -hmm. my twenties and he grew up in a entrepreneurial household. So mom and dad married, dad was a businessman, entrepreneur, always doing new businesses, always trying new things. And a lot of times that meant they had no money. Uh, you know, things didn't work out, maybe getting evicted, having to move, you know, not having things. And so for him, he went into his adult life um, vowing to never do that, to look for something stable or to make enough money where that was never an issue. And so for him, he saw the challenges in that and then vowed to never go that route. Um, so yeah, so I think it depends on what you make of whatever, right? There's people who they grow up in a family where you know parents drink a lot or a parent drinks a lot or is abusive or controlling. And they vow, they vow to just never do that or to do what they can to be the opposite. Wow. Okay. I, I get the, I get where you are coming from the perspective behind it. It's uh, really actually the truth at many stages in life. You see what's there and then either you pertain with it or you are scared of by the hardships it offer. Yep. So, okay. So Jason, with that, what's your take on relationships? How do you see relationships, love, marriages, all of them? Um, you know, and I've, I, and I'm, we'll probably get to this, but I've been married and divorced twice. Um, and I think, it's, I, I don't know. I don't even know if I have an answer for your question. It's such a good question. And I just don't know. Uh, I mean, part of it is, I think it's all about a partnership. It's about mutual respect. But I think the key to relationships is having someone that you want to be with. For some people, it's somebody who's the exact same or really similar. And you see that where some, you know, the two people together, they have lots in common, they do the same activities, they do the same things, they spend all their time together. It seems like they're almost, almost exactly alike. And that works really well for them. Other times people are too much alike and it's very boring and it doesn't work out. Um, and then you see people where you go to the other end, which is, you know, opposites attract and you end up with somebody who's exactly opposite of you. Um, and usually when it's good, it's good. And when it's not good, it's, you know, oil and water right? Or gasoline and water, uh, dynamite and, <laughs> and gasoline. Like it's just, it, it, it's just bad. Um, and so it just depends. But I think the challenges with relationships is that most people just go into it and they're mm -hmm. not prepared. They usually don't know who they are. The other person doesn't know who they are. Um, and they just, you know, they fall in love with the idea that of, of love and they go into it with love, but they're not really they're not really clear on how to make it work, how to make it successful. 
Yeah. Yeah, that's actually true. You don't know who you are, then how can you connect with other person? Isn't love all about connection? Yeah, and you know, if we extend it obviously outside of romantic relationships, it's just, you know, it's wanting the best for that other person and feeling from a place inside that you want them to be happy and you want to, um, you know, to to ensure that they're, you know, getting what they need and want again, whether it's in a relationship or just somebody you work with or somebody you know, somebody in your family, um, you know, and, and then we get into these relationships and it gets it gets messy. Yeah, it, it can get real messy. Because uh, I can see that uh, your perception have changed quite a lot when uh, before your first marriage and right now with all the negative experiences around it that you are like, okay, I don't really understand what I would, should even say about it. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, and, and, and really a lot of it just comes from hindsight, right? So I'm almost 45. And so I've been through a lot. <clears throat> and for me, I think a relationship where very similar or opposites, but there's mutual respect could work either way. Uh, I think, you know, I, I don't think there's any one way to do the relationship. Um, I think it really just comes down to expectations, verbalized expectations and agreements on how the relationship will work, uh, will make it so that it's successful. Well, okay. So agreement on things or coming to a conclusion in a fight or heated discussion, let's say, to a place where it's not who you or me is right, but it's both of us are accepting of the result or the decision. Yeah, and, and whether it's in the, the heat of battle or it's just regular things, the heat of battle is usually the result of of other things building up over time, right? Short mm -hmm. or long period. Um, yeah. But it's it's really a function of communicating and then, you know, setting expectations of who does what or how things work or what matters, what's important. You know, I, I leave my shoes here. Is that really a big deal, right? A lot of it just comes down to, you know, whether the other person makes something a big deal or not or communicates it. Um, I, I heard, um, I've heard this several times, but essentially, you know, there's this thing called the expectation gap and mm -hmm. it's where disappointment lies. And so what happens is you have an expectation that's here, right up above of what you think somebody should do or what you think should happen. And then there's your actual experience down here of what actually happened and, or what they actually did. And then what happens is disappointments in the gap in the middle. So the disappointment falls into like, I thought you were going to do this. You only did this. Now I'm disappointed, right? Somewhere on the scale of disappointment. And then the key, and one of the biggest issues is, is that most of the expectations that people have are not verbalized, right? So it's yeah. not, I'm not verbalizing, hey, by the way, I, you know, I want you to do this. Like, I want you to put your shoes over here or it'd be great if you did that. It's just, I expect you to do it because that's what I would do. You didn't do it. Now I'm disappointed and upset but we didn't actually talk about it. If you communicate it, that's different. And it's not about lowering your expectations. It's about communicating and, you know, getting on the same page and agreeing on things, which a lot of people think, oh, that just makes a, you know, romantic relationship like business. Um, but you've got to communicate and talk about those things. And then that way you don't have to deal with them and you can just be happy in the relationship. Yeah. 
I I completely agree. Expectations are what kill the relationships, especially the ones that are not verbalized, because you have them in your mind, but the other person doesn't know they exist. Yeah. Uh. So, uh, Jason, if there is one thing that you could change in your life, all the incidents combined, what would it be that did you, you know, think about? Okay, this is something if I would have changed. my life would have been totally different you know that's tough and i am unfortunately not going to answer that um and, but i'll explain why um and not avoiding it it's just i appreciate the journey in the moment i didn't early on in life i didn't want it early on i i wanted a different path but at this mm-hmm. point in my life i very much appreciate everything i've been through all the punches to the face all the failures all the mistakes all the lessons learned um you know for the longest time i i beat myself up mentally for my windy path in relationships in uh, business in life finances all those things and then i realized that's made me who i am uh it it's made me more empathetic it's made me more understanding of other people's situations right to be able to have this conversation with you to be able to share to understand what other people might be going through to provide wisdom but not like have to lecture people and tell you like here's what you should be doing it's like no no everyone's got a different path um i actually at this point i wouldn't change it i wouldn't change it i wouldn't if you gave me a time machine i don't know if i would go back and change much or anything because it's made me who i am um and uh i i know that's the path so and i know i know that's not the answer you want you want me to go back and say i would have changed this and i would have dated this person instead i would have done this I, but like i don't know because you know the thing is is what if i did that right okay what if i could change that thing what if that i didn't do that thing in that relationship then what happened right maybe yeah. we i'm still with my first wife and then we're on vacation and the plane crashes and we both die it's like how how do we know like what we want to mess with so i don't want to mess with any of it i'm good <laughs> <laughs> no that's actually really beautiful that you are actually grateful for our, all the good and the bad things as well some things that rewarded you and the other things that taught you you're grateful for all of them and enjoying their existence in your life all right yeah. so if there is something that you could advise your 15 year old self or 20 year old self what would that be yeah um you know that again you know we're talking the same time machine um but for that i think i have an answer if i were to advise my 15 year old self i would just say don't worry it it will all happen just give it time right enjoy the time right now and don't worry like you you have a long path ahead um you know it's one of those things right so here's here's how it works as a kid like i mean i'm talk about my own experience here in the states um you know when you're when you're 10 years old 11 years old you can't wait to be 13 because then that means you're a teenager it's like a new label right when you're 14 You can't wait to be 16 because that's when you can get your driver's license in the states, right? And then okay. when you're 16, you can't wait to be 18 because you can vote mm-hmm. and you're an adult. Then you can't wait to be 21 because then you can drink or go to clubs or go to casinos, right? 25 means you can rent a car, 
30 means you're old. Right. And so like, <laughs> um, you know, there's all these things where it's like, you can't wait, right. I can't wait to, I can't wait to move out of the house and get a job so I can be an adult and not have to have parents. It's like, no, no, like, oh my gosh. Like when you're 15 or eight years old, enjoy being a kid. It doesn't get easier. right? <laughs> like being an adult with a job or a family or a mortgage or whatever, like no, 15 year old self, just enjoy it, man. Play. And I, I did this a lot. I was, I, I wasn't like super again, late bloomer. I wasn't excited. Like I wasn't needing to, to, to get to that next milestone. Like a lot of people I know are and were. Um, but I would say just have fun, play. Don't worry about girls. Don't worry about relationships. It will all happen. Like you'll hit your stride. Uh, you know, just, just have fun. Oh, that's lovely. I can I can actually relate with this part that okay, enjoy the present because that is what I aimed at. Yeah, due to peer pressure, due to the people around you, there were times when I was really excited, okay, about the next step, about going yeah. to college, about moving out. But now I'm like back at home enjoying with parents. <laughs> and yeah, it's fun. Yeah, it's so much easier right? Like that's, that's the thing with kids. They're like, Oh yeah, I just can't wait to get older. It's like, no, 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 no. <laughs> joy, joy, summer vacation uh, from school, because in the real world, most people don't get summer vacation. So yeah. enjoy it. Like have fun. Yeah. yeah. It's a trap. It's a trap. Come on. <laughs> it is. Well, And then what happens later on in life is I can't wait to, uh, until I get old enough to retire because then I can just retire and have fun again and not have to work. And for me, then what you're doing is you're setting yourself up to be miserable in the moment and, and looking forward to that milestone instead of just being yeah. happy, right? Like be happy with what you got because it's also not guaranteed. You might not make it to retirement, right? You might not make it to anything, right? Who You, you never know. You might as well be happy and present and make the most of what you've got and just enjoy where you're at. Again, that's the same reason I wouldn't go back in time. Like I wouldn't want to mess with anything that has led me to here. I completely agree with you there. <laughs> okay. Thanks, Jason. Thanks for sharing all the insights and thanks for your time. I hope you are very was... welcome. This was uh... This was super fun. It's definitely a different uh, interview show than I normally do because it's normally business stuff. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was super fun. I'm glad I could help. And I love the fact that you're 23 wanting to have these conversations, wanting to share these kind of things with people and just curious about what people have learned and what they know about relationships and love and, you know, just that insight. I mean, you know, if you can keep yourself and others from stepping on landmines or making mistakes, you know, any little thing could help, but that's great. Yeah, I, I'm looking forward to it. You know, this is the aim of this podcast that if I can help even one person every week to get out of, you know, one bad spot or from stepping onto what you say, a landmine, another. Yep. So that'll be so, a So success. real quick, because I, I know you want to, I know you want to go, but real quick, I want to make two suggestions for books. Is that okay? Yeah, yeah, please. Okay. So the first one is called the five love languages. Okay. Have you heard of that one? Yeah, I have. Okay. So that one I recommend to everybody who's in mm -hmm. a relationship with anybody, uh, with your parents, with a significant other, with coworkers, with a boss, maybe you're a manager of a team, five love languages. I won't go into the details, read that, take online tests, figure out who you are, figure out who everyone in your life is and speak their love language. Number one, if you do that, your world will be significantly better in every relationship. Again, you're yeah. 23, 
You're not married with your parents. <laughs> you speak their love language. You're, you and their life will be so much better. Not, not even kidding. Um, and then the second one is a book I read even just uh, this year, uh, last year, it's called Attached. And it's about adult okay. attachment theory. And it talks about the different types of attachment and how they show up and what's healthy and what's not healthy. Um, everyone has somewhere in that scale and people are usually one extreme to the other. And that causes lots of problems in relationships. And so read that book, uh, Attached. Sure, I would, I certainly will. I have studied about the five love languages. I have even written a couple of posts on LinkedIn about it. I was Good. really fascinated by the theory. You know, I knew it in hindsight that we all communicate differently because when I was in a spot that I'm not able to communicate, I was feeling that there is something missing. I am showing it. I know they are showing their love. I know I'm showing my love, but somehow it's still not getting through to each other. There is something yep. missing. So that is yep. when and, I- And fundamentally the problem with most things in life is that people are very self-centered. And they treat yeah. everyone the way they want to be treated. And everybody's different, which means if you treat everyone like you like to be treated, you're going to be wrong a lot. Um, and so you want to treat other people the way they want to be treated. I'm not talking respect. I'm talking love. I'm talking things like that. Um, that's, that's a game changer for most people. So true, Jason. Thanks a lot, Jason, for your time and all the good suggestions. These are actually really lovely books. Uh, even I... We'll be reading the attached soon. And I have gone through five love languages and I know it's a really good one. So thank you for your time and sharing your wisdom over here, Jason. You are very welcome, sir.